0: Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Wonderful. No, I honestly believe it's such a privilege to be able to share with you tonight. I mean, where else would you want to be on Mother's Day than with your family? And you guys are family, whether by blood blood. Or by Jesus' blood, you guys are family, and it really is an honour and a privilege to be here. And I just thought, you know what, it's Mother's Day, so you can't have Mother's Day without a Mother's Day message. Gay had the opportunity to speak a wow word this morning, so I thought I need to really speak to us also um, with a Mother's theme, because it is Mother's Day. Now, I don't want you to turn off. If you're a guy here, you just don't um, check out or or switch off, because, well, I'm not a mother, I'm not female. I believe that what I'm going to share tonight also has elements for all of us in life. But just because it is Mother's Day, I thought, you know, I've got to take it from the life of a mum And and because I am a mum, I'm sorry, that is most of my examples. All right, That is part of my, what qualifies me, or you may learn tonight, disqualifies me to be able to speak. All right, so tonight's message, the title of my message tonight is Lessons from a Mum. And I just wanted to let um, all the mums know that I think you do an amazing job. I don't know about you, but I find mothering hard work. It's not only physically hard. So, I mean, nobody prepares you for those up in the middle of the night, uh, baby cries, sick kids, whatever it is. I didn't realise before we had children that there was such a thing as sleep deprivation. It's like, you know, people, that's a a form of torture. Do you not realise that? That's what they use as torture. And yet us mums embrace it. It's like you get sleep deprivation. It's not forever, but it's there. And, and sometimes we don't like the fact that it's there so I found mothering can be hard work physically uh emotionally just you know what I, it was all right if I as a mum if I get hurt I, you know what you just suck it up princess but when your kids get hurt just the emotions like you know what I would swap anything that I would get hurt and not them and even spiritually I've found mothering to be hard because you you're responsible for yourself spiritually, but you take on that in trying to be responsible for your kids spiritually. And it's amazing. I love the author, Carolyn Mahaney. She says what she finds fascinating is that society um, gives us training. So you have, to, if you want to be a doctor or a dentist or a mechanic or a hairdresser or anything else, any other vocation, there's some form of formalised training you have to do. And so society says, you know what, to be those things, you have to go and do that. But to be mothering, they just go, here you go. And I'm not saying that we don't need doctors, and we do, it's, but what I'm trying to say is mothering is of no lesser importance. And yet we live in a society that has kind of sort of shunted that under the carpet. There's no uni or TAFE course for mothering. It's not like you can sign up and say, you know what, I'm going to be a mum, so I want to do the uni course for mums. I think the truth is if we did a uni course for mums, the mums would just go, you know what, find out for yourself. Because really? The things they never told me. So that amazes me. They hand us marriage and motherhood without instruction. And I also believe that in today's society, there's a lot of pressure. On our mums. I'm not saying that that pressure wasn't there on the generations past, but just like I believe our kids are in a society today where there's more pressure on our kids than when I was at school. The things that they're exposed to, the things they see, the things they know at earlier and earlier ages that I never really knew, and sometimes even now when they say things, I'm like, I still don't know what you're talking about. But I think the demand on mum has greatly increased. And I just think that it can leave us mums with a sense of inadequacy and guilt. And I believed if I asked the question tonight, who desired to be a better mum, I think every mother in this place would put their hand up. I don't think there's anyone who says, ha, got it sorted, got it. Nailed, give me the mic, Kath, oh, let, let me speak. I think every mother here would say, you know what, I feel like I could do a better job. I think every father, every boss, everybody, all of us are at that point where we say, you know what, I think I could do a better job. And it's not that we're bad, it's just that I think we all have a heart and a desire to want to improve. So tonight, I want to encourage us with some lessons from a great mum in the Bible. And I want to look at the life of Sarah. All right, like many of us today, Sarah had a mixed portfolio. You see, Sarah was the mother of Isaac. In Genesis chapter 21, verses 1 to 3, it says, Now the Lord was gracious to Sarah, as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he promised. Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age. At the very time that God had promised him, Abraham gave the name name Isaac to the son Sarah bore, bore him. So Sarah was not only the mother of Isaac, it goes on in the Bible to say that Sarah was the mother of nations. I thought Tiff this morning having nine children was impressive, but Sarah was the mother of nations. In Genesis chapter 17, verses 15 and 16, it said, God also said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you are no longer to call her Sarai, her name will be Sarah." I will bless her, and she will surely give you a son by her. I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations. Kings of people will come from her. So Sarah is not only the mother of Isaac, she's the mother of nations, and she's also referred to in Romans 4, verse 16, as the mother of. Of the faith. It says, therefore, though the promise comes by faith, so that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, he is the father of all of us. And so, therefore, Sarah is the mother of all of us and the mother of faith. Now, you may be here tonight and you may not be the mother of nations, unless, of course, you named your child. India or Aussie and then maybe you can claim oh I'm a mother of nations but it's quite possible that you're here tonight and you like me are juggling motherhood along with possibly study or you're juggling motherhood along with work, you're juggling motherhood along with a husband and obviously if it's motherhood you're juggling along with family and kids and even possibly you're juggling motherhood with pets. I mean, that's a new one that I've added to my portfolio recently. Motherhood and pets. Not quite sure if I recommend it yet, but (laughs) I'll keep you posted. All right. And um, on top of that, and I was sharing this morning, that not only as a mum do we have to juggle all those things, nowadays you can't just, you've got to be a hairdresser. So the kids come and go, but I want this kind of look. It's like, isn't a rubber band and a ponytail, doesn't that work, cut it anymore? I was like, oh no, we want braids and we want this and we want this. You've got to be a hairdresser. You have to be a master chef. It's like you give your kids dinner and they're like, what's that? It's like beans on toast. As Gay said, I was like, yes, Gay, this morning, beans on toast. They're like, well, that's not what I saw on Channel 10. I was like, yeah, because this is not Channel 10. <laughs> that's beans on toast. And I did it all by myself. <laughs> not only that you're a fashion consultant, and kids come down and, Mum, how does this look? Mum says, great. They go, but does it go? I'm like, I don't know. You're wearing it. Seems to go to me. <laughs> I don't know. Fashion consultant, the African um, ladies who are here in their beautiful dresses this morning, then they're telling me they sewed all them. You have to be a seamstress. It's like, what hope do I have? I mean, they had these um, elaborate hats. They sewed them. And she started to tell me how. I was like, stop right there. It's like, it's gone. <laughs> You've got to be a seamstress. You've got to be a tutor. When your year 10 child comes home with maths and says, hey, what about this mum? Can you help me? It's like, I'm sorry, honey. (laughs) Go see Google. Google's great. (laughs) These are just to name a few. And on top of that, you have to remain sane. You've got to do all that and sane. If you let the ball drop and you have an insane moment like Katie with her crazy praise this morning, it's like people go, oh. It's like, you know what? I've got to do all that and remain sane. So pressure is on our mums, I believe, in this generation. So there's just some lessons I want to quickly share that we can learn from Sarah's life. Are you interested? Or have you guys all got it together? Am I just preaching to myself? It's like your mum's like, oh, girlfriend, you need to listen to yourself. We're cool, we got it. Alrighty, so what can we learn from Sarah's life? Sarah, Sarah learned to follow God. Genesis chapter 12, verses 1. And verse 5 it says, The Lord said to Abram, Leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to the land I'll show you. And in verse 5 it says, He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all the possessions that they had accumulated, and the people that they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. What I've discovered in my 16 years of being a mum, one of the main responsibilities, or probably just one word you could use to describe mothering, it's about leading. The dictionary says that to lead is to show the way. And we lead our children by showing them how to live. And what I've discovered too in just spending time with parents and helping them and and part of our role is pastors here at Victory is a lot of times mums or parents, because remember I said this is a mum message, but it applies to all of us. A lot of times people say, you know what, my kids don't listen to me. They don't do what I ask. I just seem to have no authority. And this is what I want to remind us mums tonight. Authority is earned. See, sometimes people say to me, well, it's okay for you because you are a leader, because you get the opportunity to stand on stage, you can get people to do things because of your title or your position. Now, I want to say that there's a smidgen of truth to that. There is a smidgen of, you know what, as a mum, when my kids are a certain age, I can get them to do things purely just by the role of being mum. But as they grow and as we grow, there becomes, an, for me to be able to uh, get them to do what I'm asking them to do, it has to come not from my position, but it has to come from authority. And authority is earned, all right? And there's a story in the Bible, it's about a centurion. And uh, it says here, in Matthew 8, verses 5 to 9, it says, When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed and in terrible suffering. Jesus said to him, I will go and heal him. The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and that one come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. Pretty much what the centurion is saying to Jesus is, you know what, you don't have to come. You just have to say the word. He says, I get it. I'm a man who's in an army. When my superiors tell me something, I just do it. So when I tell those who are under me, they just do it. He's talking about an authority and an authority that is earned and been given to him. And it's pretty, I think, fair to say that to be a good mum, we need to be good followers. And what we've learned from Sarah is Sarah learned to follow. Because can you imagine, if you put yourself back in that text, Abraham comes home. He's had a visitation. He's heard God. God has said, get up, leave your country, your people and your father's household and go to the land. I will show you. Verse 5 says, he took his wife Sarah. So in other words, Sarah followed. She learned to say, you know what? If that's what God is saying, then that's what I'm going to do. Mum, if you want to have authority over your little ones, if you want to have authority over uh, your family, if you're a boss here, you want to have authority over workplace, yes, there's an element of a wage, maybe do that, but true authority, it's about being a good follower. There's an Afghan saying which says, if you are a leader and no one's behind you, you're simply taking a walk. And there's plenty of people who are simply taking a walk. And we need to be, if you want to be a good leader, mum, if you want to have authority in your house, if you want to have authority over your family, you yourself need to be a good follower. It's really, really hard as a mum to try and discipline my children to be able to say to them, you know what, I was going to, and I won't say names because I get into trouble for dobbing them in. But this is, this is a pure example, okay. <laughs> it's hard for me to say, hey, Jordan... You need to go and apologise to your brother for poking in the eye when I myself ha- are holding grudges against other people. Because what I'm doing is, you know what, I have no authority to hold her accountable. Well, I'm trying to say to her, you go do this, but I'm not prepared to do that. Because we're talking about Sarah followed God and God says, you know what, don't harbour unforgiveness. So I lose all authority in trying to bring discipline into my family because I'm not living under authority. So if I'm holding on to bitterness or resentment or unforgiveness, it doesn't matter what it is. You might go, what's that got to do with poke in the eye? It's the principle. It's the fact that I'm not under authority. I'm not following God like Sarah followed God. And because I'm not doing that, I don't have the authority. So here I am. It's just like empty words to my kids. And so if you're saying, I don't have authority, they don't seem to listen to me, they're not doing what I'm saying, I'm, my question for us tonight is, are we good followers? Because to be a good leader, you need to be a good follower. Sarah learned to follow God. I don't know the dialogue between when Abraham came and said to her, this is what we're doing, from verse 1 to verse 5, when she said, this is where I'm going, but I do know that she learned to follow God. Sarah went. So if you want to be a good Leader, you need to be a good follower. You want to be a good mum and have authority in your home, you need to be a good follower. All right. So it's fair to say to be a good mother, we need to be good followers. And you might say, well, how do you follow? Well, follow God's word. You need to follow his leaders. I think that's, As I said, following the leader. <laughs> It's been Mother's Day. We've been singing, having good songs. All right. 1 Corinthians 11 says, Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. You want to be a good leader, you need to be a good follower. What else can we learn from the life of Sarah? Sarah not only learned to follow God, Sarah, Sarah learned to trust God. Genesis chapter 12, verse 10 to 20 says, Now there was a famine in the land, and Abram went down to Egypt to live there for a while, because the famine was severe. As he was about to enter Egypt, he said to his wife, Sarai, I know what a beautiful woman you are. When the Egyptians see you, they will say, this is his wife. Then they will kill me, but will let you live. Say you are my sister, so that I'll be treated well for your sake, and my life will be spared because of you. When Abraham came to Egypt, the Egyptians saw that she was a very beautiful woman. And when Pharaoh's officials saw her, they praised her to Pharaoh, and she was taken into his palace. He treated Abraham well for her sake and Abram acquired sheep and cattle, male and female donkeys, men servants and maidservants and camels. But the Lord inflicted serious disease on Pharaoh and his household because of Abram's wife, Sarah. So Pharaoh summoned Abram, what have you done to me? He said, why didn't you tell me she was your wife? Why did you say she is my sister so that I took her to be my wife? Now then, here is your wife. Take her and go. Then Pharaoh gave orders about Abram to his men, and they sent him on his way, and his wife, and everything he had. I don't know about you, but when I read that, I think fair dinkum. We've just said Sarah learned to follow God. Her husband came home and said, This is what we're going to do, and Sarah went. And then, the very first opportunity, here she is, here's a woman, she's left family. She's left um, what she's known, the country she's known, the uh, things that she's familiar with. I mean, I don't know if you've ever traveled and you have to go to the shops. It's like, I don't know, is this cheese? If you go to America, the cheese is like bright orange. It's like, it's orange. It's like, that's not cheese, cheese is yellow. But So you imagine, here's this woman, everything she knows, everything she's comfortable with, she's, it's been uprooted, she's upheaval, but she's like, I'm with my man, I'm following him because I follow God, so I'm doing this, and the first opportunity, he abandons her. And here's this woman, it's like, I left everything because God said, I'm following you, the heat came on, and you're like, Pew, he's gone. Now, so now she's in a harem. So she's with all these other women. She's alone. She's abandoned. She's they have, uh, a different country so that there's different rules and customs, different God. She is totally on her own. And this is what we learn from Sarah is that Sarah learned to trust God. Because I mean, you must think, she must have been thinking, what happened? What's going on? Where is God, does God know that this is happening? And then it says, finally, God rescued her. And I don't know where you are at tonight. I don't know the circumstances that are going on in your life. Maybe you, like Sarah, had plans, thought this was going to be, and then suddenly upheaval. Suddenly you feel abandoned. Suddenly that marriage that was supposed to be all roses is not what you thought. Your kids you were struggling with health issues. Maybe that job that you had, it's just not quite working for you. You're struggling at school. I don't know your circumstances and your situations. But what I want to say is we need to be like Sarah and we need to trust God. God knows and God sees. As, it's like with as mums, we need to trust God. I rem, um, For those of you who may not know, when I was 18 weeks pregnant with Mitch, they picked up a disorder in utero. So they discovered that he didn't have any fingers on his left hand and that the umbilical cord only had two cords rather than three. And uh, so they started to prophesy over us about all the negativity. They were urging us for a termination, all this sort of stuff. It wasn't what I expected. Nobody goes into pregnancy expecting that. Everyone goes into pregnancy thinking, I'm going to have a baby. Everything's going to be A-OK. That was my reality. I had to, like Sarah, learn to trust God. To say, you know what, look, I don't get it. You know what, there's, there's times when you can say, but I've done everything right. As a mum, there are times when you go, but hey, I followed the books. I did what they said. I've implemented this. I've implemented that. And it's still not right. There were times when I could have, if I wanted to have a self-pity party, said, but God, I'm one of your children. God, I serve you. I'm the girl who always says yes. So I'll do this and I'll do that. What's going on here? I, like Sarah, went. You asked me to do it. I've done it. And what, you can't even give me normal, healthy pregnancy? This is where Sarah is. She's in... um, Pharaoh's harem, it's like, what happened? I said yes to God. I did what he said. I said yes to my man. I'm following after God. But it's in the place of the harem that Sarah learnt to wait on God because God came through. And I want to encourage you, whatever your circumstance, wherever you find yourself tonight, can you not learn from Sarah? Be encouraged by Sarah. Start to learn to trust God. I love it when the Bible where it says that God is not a man that he should lie. And he's not a man that he'll change his mind. What does that mean? That means that you know what, we're human. And in, in all our best intentions, we're gonna let one another down. You're not gonna get it right. Your husband will let you down, your wife will let you down, your parents will let you down, your kids will let you down, your friends will let you down, those you trust in will let you down. But here's the flip side: you are gonna let them down, and we're just gonna get to that place where go, you know what, God, I trust. You. I don't know what's going on, but I'm going to take a lesson from Sarah's life and learn to trust you. We will all experience disappointment and we will all project disappointment. We'll all disappoint someone. And that's not the issue. The issue is, will we be like Sarah and will we continue to trust God? There's a man once who uh, had a saying. He used to say, God is often doing more behind your back than in front of your face. And sometimes you can't see the wood for the tree. You don't know why. Why is this happening? God, in my need, I could have said, God, what, what's going on? Why me? What after? What have I done? What, it's like, it's not about why, it's about who. And God said, you know what? You've got to learn to trust me. There's more going on behind your back than in front of your face. Because what I love about this, whatever Abraham did, left her, abandoned her, God brought it to Pharaoh's attention. But did you notice what was happening to Abraham in the meantime? While Sarah is in the harem, it says Pharaoh is blessing Abram. He's getting camels, he's getting wealth. So I don't know. I'm sure I don't know the reasons why, but I do know the end result was that the Pharaoh didn't touch Sarah. She got to go with Abraham and Abraham got increased wealth because of that. So God is doing, can I encourage you tonight, mums, It may look like, oh, yeah, but you don't get it. Well, maybe they're not walking with God. You've done all the things. I did the Bible stories. We did all this during the day. We did all this. We sent them to Christian. I don't know. But I do know that God is doing more behind your back than in front of your face. And will you be like Sarah and trust God? The third thing I want to share with us tonight is that Sarah learnt to wait on God. Genesis 17 verse 16 says, I will bless her and will surely give you a son by her. I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations. Kings of peoples uh, peoples will come from her. And uh, Genesis 21 verse 1 says, Now the Lord was gracious to Sarah, as he had said, And the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. Do you know that 25 years passed from when God said, I'm going to give you a son to when Sarah held that son in her arms. 25 years. Sarah learnt to wait on God. And we also need to wait on God. Often with our mums and with mothering, what we do is not seen now. And we live in a society that wants results now. I want to know that if I did that, it works. I want to know that if I don't eat junk food for a week, I lose 10 kilos. And in a week. It's like it doesn't work that way. We want instant results, quick and easy. And Sarah learnt to wait on God. And we need to learn to wait on God. You know, sometimes if your kids do the wrong things and you discipline them, you know you can get that immediate result. So if you've disciplined them and you've, um, what do you call it when you, um, you know, take off a privilege? What do you call that? Ground them, you know, or you put, you know, you've, consequence thank you (laughs) so you're right so let's just say let's just say not mentioning anyone but someone does the wrong thing and their consequence is no ipod for a week or no television or whatever generally after the immediate act of discipline your child instantly goes something just switches here and they go straight into gear and they're like sweet as pie Hey, mummy, can I get you this? Hey, mummy, can I do that for you? Hey, daddy, would you like this? Here's your slippers. Here's your paper. Here's your breakfast. No, not really. But, <laughs> but what I'm saying is sometimes we get results immediately. You, you put an action into a plan. You get onto it. And then there's this, it's like, who is this child? It's not the child that was 10 minutes ago. But you know what? So parenting can be like that. Just like, oh, instant results. But there's lots of times when we never see the results that quick. But it doesn't mean we don't see them. We might not. Sometimes you can wait 25 years. I love speaking to people who've got older kids and they say, you know, sometimes when you watch your children and how they interact with their kids and you see, you just see what you've implemented in years. So sometimes you'll see fruit years ago, um, in the future. And then other times later, and I, about three weeks ago, uh, BJ was playing over at a friend's house, and um, we had church on Sunday night, and I was out in the foyer just saying goodbye to people, and this little girl comes up, and she says, hmm, hello, and I said, like, hi, how are you going, great, she said, well, we had Bailey at our house, I said, I know, did she behave, she said, yes, she got me into trouble, so instantly, like, uh-oh, <laughs> and she says, uh, and then mum comes up to me, she goes, oh, and I said, uh-oh, what happened, did, you know, what did BJ, and she goes, oh no, Kath, great, She said, we've been struggling with this certain area. So they've been obviously trying to implement something in this little girl's life. And Bailey happened to be there playing, spending the day together. And so this little girl must have done whatever it is they were trying to do. And so BJ pipes up. She says, in my house, it's first time every time. (laughs) So I'm like, cool, it's going in. (laughs) So so then uh, Bailey's little friend's mum gets her and says okay talk to me Bailey what does that mean (laughs) (laughs) so Bailey tells her what that means so then there's been a new rule in this little girl's house (laughs) now. that's first time every time so this little girl says to me at the foyer thanks for letting Bailey play It's like on your beach. <laughs> so, but what I'm saying is, so you know, sometimes you have to wait. Bailey's seven now, and I can remember times when I'd be going first time, every time, first time, every time, first time, every time. But it's so rewarding as a mum to know, you know what? Patience pays off when I learn to wait on God and I learn to wait. Here we are seven years later. Woohoo, something's gone in. All right. So Sarah learned to wait on God. We lead, we guide, we train. And then we just have to wait and see, see what our kids will do. Waiting, according to the dictionary, is to remain inactive in readiness or expectation. It's talking about waiting, but not doing it in our own strength. And if you know the story of Sarah and Abraham, it's like I said, 25 years. When it got to about, um, I think, 12, 13 years, Sarah obviously thought, you know what, God needs a hand. I'm just going to get in there and help God out. So she gives Abraham her maid so that he can sleep with her, she can become pregnant, and they can fulfil the promise. Remember, she's going to be the mother of nations. They can fulfil that through this. It's not quite how God had planned. Maybe that's what God thought, I'm going to get involved. That's not waiting. And it was another 11 years after that, then the true promise came to pass. But Sarah, by not waiting, by not stepping back and trying being expectant and ready... She tried to get in there and make it work herself. And I just want to encourage you, if you are here tonight and you're just like, you know what, I'm just tired of waiting for God. I know He's spoken this over me, he's spoken about um, having prosperity, he's spoken about my joy, He's spoken about my health. Whatever it is He's spoken to can I encourage you, let's not be like Sarah and try and manipulate and get in there. But we need to be, Sarah had to learn the hard way. And she learned another 11 years. So they had a little boy, Ishmael, who caused all sorts of problems to Abraham and to Sarah later on. And so she got in there. But we need what she learnt was, you know what? In waiting on God, God's timing, God's got it in control. When I wait on God, then it pans out in the end. Sarah learnt to wait on God. And if you're here, please... Whatever it is that God is speaking to you, wait on God. Let God be the one who opens doors. Let God be the one who pushes. None of this pushing and shoving and I'll make it work. And maybe God, when he said that, meant this. You know what? If God said this, then let's trust that God is going to do what God says. So it talks about not pushing, but also not giving up. So it's, it's an attitude, waiting. It's remaining ready but with readiness and expectation. So being inactive, but ready and expectant. And I want to encourage you, don't give up. Whatever it is that God has spoken over you, whatever it is you're hanging on for, mom, don't give up. You know what? If your child is wayward right now, if your child isn't, well, don't give up. Don't try and manipulate. Don't try and you'll just push them further. Don't try and do it in your strength. Trust God. Let's be like Sarah. Let's learn to trust God, but don't give up. Have that attitude. Adopt the attitude of eagerness, waiting, ready. It's kind of like the sprinter on the starting blocks. The, the, um, The guy with the gun says the, the starter, He's like, he's got them ready. That, that's a picture to me. That's how he's supposed to be doing this. It's like, God, I'm not moving till you say, but I'm ready. I'm in anticipation and expectation that God is going to do this. So it's not, don't give up. Oh, well, it will never happen. But keep your heart soft. Keep whatever it is God has said to you, he wants to see the fulfilment. Your job is to not push it and make it happen. And your job is not to back off and give up. Wait for God to bring the break, the breakthrough. You know what? They prophesied all sorts of stuff over us about Mitch. Told us that we should do this, we should do that. You need to go and have. They wanted me to have an amnio because then that would tell us how long this child would live, or if he wasn't, if it wasn't going to be that bad, then this is what you could expect. Do you know what we did about that? Nothing in terms of what the doctors wanted us to do. I just, you know, what, I learned to wait on God. I so said, you know what, God, you're in control. I could go and spend a lot of energy. A lot of money, trying to prepare myself for, I don't know. I don't know. God, I'm going to trust you because when the time comes, I believe you'll lead me into all I need to know. And when the time came, it wasn't what they had said or thought. And so I could have spent a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of mental energy worrying about this, trying to get all the right departments and all those sorts of things. We did nothing. We trusted God. That's the attitude and the spirit in which we need to adopt. And so let's be like Sarah and say, you know what? Whatever that is, I'm not going to make it work for myself, I'm not going to give up, but I'm going to be like that runner on that starting block, just ready. I've heard the on your marks, I'm in the set position, and when the gun goes, that's when I'm off. So what can we learn from Sarah? I believe that you and mums, everyone here is doing a great job. Mothering is an amazing privilege A hard one, as I said before, but a rewarding. There is nothing more rewarding than being a mum. And I think you mums are doing amazing. And again, like I said, the principles that I've shared tonight are not just for mums, but I had to take the opportunity because it's Mother's Day. It's for all of us. But I believe that if we implement the things that Sarah learned by following God, by trusting in God, and by waiting on God, I think we can make a good job and do a good job better. Amen?